All right, we're doing the Brain Trust podcast. We've ate lunch, and now it's ready to grunch the show. And my name's Adam Vass, and I'm a, an RPG designer. What am I? I'm a tabletop game designer. Yeah. In Grand Rapids, You're Michigan. You're grunch. <laughs> You're friggin' grunch. I'm Will from Grunch City, Ontario. All the um, grunch we- Christmas. We are here in a post-lunch record, which doesn't happen very often. Um, usually we like to wait a few days between meals, kind of get the hunger up, which really helps us record in an apex way. But we are we are post-lunch right now, going to be sleepier than normal, already feeling Big after. sandwich on my end and then some, some nuggies on yours that are really weighing us down. I had two different leftovers items. Leftover salad, leftover nuggies. Did you mix them? Were they the part of the same meal? No. Two different meal events. Happened. Hybrid cart? Yeah, <laughs> hybrid cart. <laughs> Just before recording, Adam sent me a very bad photo of Fortnite-themed vape cartridges. Yeah, um, that's the, and the, <laughs> the episode today for sure. The Lemoncello cart night. Yeah, and I'm thinking like... Uh, vape cartridges are huge. It's basically the new OGL is a special vape cartridge. I'm thinking, what are the going to be the hottest RPG themed and flavored vape cartridges of 2023? I think you got to get kind of a, a Morkborg citrus kind of electric citrus ones. Yeah, um, I'm thinking Paizo hops on this. They try to swoop in and take advantage very like mossy <laughs> tastes like wet stone yeah. <laughs> little moldy little dusty i i think we see the goats themselves bots botsy um is going to go ahead and make a cigarette flavored uh <laughs> vape cart cigarette us. flavor let's take it back to our roots we vape, are being in touch like with cigarettes. our fans <laughs> Full no filter cigarettes. <laughs> that's that's the OSR old school renaissance of vape. Is old ma- school smoking is making it just taste like a tobacco leaf. <laughs> <laughs> and just like uh, Watsy, they're gonna kind of do no interrogation of what that might mean. <laughs> what's um, a, what's like the most modern story game vape? Oh, like what is the Alice's missing vape? Or yeah, the, the bespoke like itch.io vape, the the home crafted DIY <laughs> tincture. It's gonna be like, uh, see, I'm thinking of like candles, more like how like there's a wet dirt rain ozone candle that I saw recently. I think one of those like prosaic descriptors for vape carts, <laughs> and they're gonna be called like you know belonging outside of belonging i was trying to think of a vape joke with belonging outside of belonging. Bong, bonging outside of bonging bong, bong longing outside of bong longing <laughs> damn oh, we should keep this one in our pocket released at 420 yeah um or we could just hit it again yeah <laughs> no, we'll be- no shame <laughs> um what is cyber metal Cyber metal, cyber metal um, vape cart is, you know, when they say vaping is bad for you because it introduces heavy metal to your lungs, like, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cyber metal is only that. There's actually no oil or tincture or any like, there's no weed or CBD or anything in it. You're just inhaling metal. It's full carcinogen yeah. level <laughs> DIY. Yeah, Let's skip you the could call them like, cr- they're cracked vape carts. Like the cyber metal brand cracked carts. That's, I mean, that's a cyber metal adventure right there is like there are cracked carts that are introducing uh, machine virus to cyborgs. Yeah. I really wanted to, do you remember the uh, anti vape PSA where the person's mouth was a USB port? Oh yeah. I think about that as a very cyber metal of like, yeah, I had this USB port installed where my mouth was so that I could download new carts. Like <laughs> that sounds they have very to stop. cyber metal. 
they have to stop making these like anti-smoking ads identical to basically like 2004 era playstation 2 ads you know what i'm talking about <laughs> yes. like the playstation 2 ads where somebody would like pull back their eyelid and there would be the uh x circle triangle square on it <laughs> it was like that's <laughs> yeah, just kind of aspirational at this point um my mouth a usb cart that sounds like a, a short story um and I think torque is definitely evergreen that's an evergreen vape cart or a new car ever- smell yeah new cars <laughs> that would be horrible <laughs> burning rubber vape cart i like the notion of scent the vape thing is funny but in a more genuine way i've seen people make like fantasy candles which whatever but um i saw one on instagram recently that was like a goblin smell <laughs> And I personally wouldn't want to smell that, but like, respect. I like the abstraction, <laughs> the the immersion of smell is this extrasensory RPG tool. I would love something in my home that I knew smelled like a goblin, right? <laughs> like your your palate and your your olfactory. It's a library, and so I'd rather know the smell of goblin now before I need to know. If you know what I mean, your smell monster manual. <laughs> That's really good. I know uh, Cassie Mothwin is putting out a Kickstarter with a candle company, too, which is really cool. That's cool. Just a cool idea. But, yeah, I feel like as far as in the Monster Manual, who I would want to smell the most, maybe like an Aboleth that's like an underwater sea creature that has psychic powers. Okay. That might have an interesting... No, nah, probably smell like fucking wet fish, right? Just rotting <laughs> chum and shit. No, maybe not that one. I feel like a an angel. I forgot the, there are angels yeah, in there. All of the bestial creatures I imagine smell like piss. Yeah, like, donkeys and shit. I was gonna say a displacer beast. You know that thing is stink. Yeah, I mean that's got to be why it's so easy to kill. Is because you can smell it. What do you think a gelatinous cube smells like? I mean, I would hope it smells like a ring pop or something like that, like Ooh, a nineties su- candy, sugary sweetness. Yeah, like a gusher perfect consistency of a gusher um but what i know a gelatinous cube would probably because it was made in the 70s it would be one of those like suspended 70s desserts inside of jello <laughs> with like a savory jello just horrible Hot taste jello <clears throat> um what are we talking about on the show today stank we stink smells. Uh, kind of want I want to kind of preview the year. Talk about the our the year ahead. We did the year end wrap up last time, and so we're moving forward. Not necess- whatever. There doesn't have to be structure. The brain to trust this. most anticipated year events of our own lives. <laughs> um, yeah, we don't need like the structure we had last time. I think. Yeah, for we just, sure spitball so i guess first off we're still doing the show huh we're here we made it another year um thanks to everyone who backed our kickstarter for <laughs> four years ago where we made four thousand yeah. dollars that we immediately lost thank um, you for all the reoccurring payments and donations from everybody for the for the podcast by the way and we're still here um this is currently episode 99. We've been here. What's going to happen next time? We're going to roll D100. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Do, uh, remember when we did a podcast where we listened to a different podcast of Fuck. our own and did a director's commentary of it? I don't, but that's we did that? Yeah, it was one of the uh, Brain Trust kickstarter episodes where we were like deep in funding itis and oh yeah that was the campaign that we ran that was like 79 days long and we were right at the end of it we didn't think we were gonna make it and we were just like really exhausted like if you want to know what it's like to run a kickstarter listen to that episode anyway we did an episode listening to that and just, just LOLing at ourselves about it. Um, do we have? Do you have any goals for the show this year beyond just continuing to do it? 
Yeah. Um, I want to become world famous with the brain trust. No, it would it would be cool to have some more. I like the straight up hangout episodes and the episodes where we make a cool game. So maybe doing another jam or something like that. Like we did the games jam last year. That yeah. was cool. Yeah, I um, dig that. Um, doing a community thing with the brain trust discord is, would be really rad. Yeah. Um, the last one being the science fair, which was really yes. fun. I really invigorating and a good time. I would definitely like to do something collaborative and, kind of public facing in that way together um i just expect we'll probably make a couple more cool things yeah you know keep keep on rolling baby you know what time it is make some some cool flash in the pan games i mean like outside the podcast i know that this year's gonna look a little different for you than other years what what are you up to Without giving, like, you know, I'm going to do this and that. Like, what what, what do you want? What do you want to happen? I want to chill. I've said this so, I've said this like three years in a row, but like, I want to step down or like take a step back. And last year I kind of did this with my Patreon sort of falling by the wayside, but I still did two full size books. Um,. (laughs) So this year, kind I, of a kind of a Tai Chi redirection of energy. <laughs> I don't want to martial art. I I do. I've already done some zine stuff this year, and we're not even two weeks it's in. January thirteenth. Yeah, I just looked at the. I just looked at the corner. Oh my god, Adam! <laughs> but the difference being, like, I think I've managed my expectations in a lot different way, and uh, the zines are fun little freak habits now. Like, yeah, I think one of my turning points was publishing Candy Teeth, which was a game that I think is really cool. But like, and it was getting attention because of the graphic design of it, but it sold like garbage. So I still have like tons of copies, dozens of copies in inventory. And that was the turning point where I go, okay, zines are fun times and not publishing times. Yeah. I can publish the fun, but I'm not doing this on this scale anymore um and doing that is fun and make brings back that joy and removal of pressure um that i'm putting on the stuff i like i'm i'm putting the pressure there but it also helps that touring is back for me and i'm not having to rely on every every project being a financial hit anymore so and that's it I, i do have two more tours this year um europe in april and australia sometime later and so with that one it's going to like punctuate my year so that my publishing schedule is going to be affected like i won't Mm -hmm. be able to publish something in april or may because of this um but that's like kind of a saving grace because it's going to force me to schedule and be considerate of my time and and production times and stuff uh, so yeah, my goal is just to relax a little bit, still do things, but kind of bring the fun back and do a better job of, of supporting my popular games instead of trying to discover with the next nugget. Yeah. I mean, that support idea I've seen floating around a lot recently, and we've talked about it before that like you kind of surf for this game that has enough interest that you can dive in and make more stuff for it and it's a totally separate skill set than making and concepting a new system and basically game space for something to take place in because for you and i it's also like what is the graphic design what is like the artistic eye of this game which is both you know super fun for both of us but also it's hard not easy yeah, it's you know, I'm saying I'm sure I said the same thing last year. So like I'm taking it with a grain of salt even from myself. But that said there is a Necronautilus expansion and a Cyber Metal expansion that are both the Necronautilus one's completely written. It just needs me to illustrate it. And the Cyber Metal one is well on its way. So those should happen. Like I should see them through. 
I love that. Um, and also, uh, I know that you want to do some more consulting and like RPG behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, I kind of just want to make. I just want to be more. Um, I don't know, mindful in the community space, especially the brain trust. Like, there was definitely a time where I sort of. Well, when we started it and it was small, it was a lot easier for me to manage. And then yeah. COVID happened and it became kind of kind of like a our online like safe space and it was where it was, you know, the friend group chat that like got me through that time. And then it, as it continued to grow, I kind of turtled inward and uh stopped being as active and stopped being as uh available. And I kind of just want to reconcile that and like use my talents and thoughts in a more productive, like collaborative kind of way. So I don't know what that looks like yet beyond just opening my DMS and letting people <laughs> ask for things if they need it. Um, the ceremonial ceremonial opening of DMS. <laughs> uh, yeah. I want to, I I've always appreciated and like been interested in the mentorship that you do. And kind of want to offer that on a little bit somewhere of a little less official uh presentation just as a way to keep my brain moving and keep people making cool stuff um that i don't necessarily like need to go all in obsessive project manager over yeah and you're you're really good at this like a skill set you are super duper good at whether it's like you know, you used to do straight up art tutorials and walkthroughs on itch or Twitch. Oh um, yeah, on the itch streaming surface. Um, and like for me, your insight is extremely valuable and and game changing, literally. So, <laughs> if if that sounds like your cup of tea, listener, go get in those DMs on day one. Day one DM drop when those things are open. <laughs> Yeah, join the Brain Trust Discord. Most people, I think, who listen are already probably here by this by this point. But uh, I'm a, I'm around. I want to help. Yeah, doing like any level of mentorship or like Skillshare stuff is so feels so good, and it makes you look good too. Like it's this thing. That, like mentorship is obviously like you should get in because you have stuff to share and you want to share it no questions asked you want to help but the secret part for like artistic masters and stuff is that if your mentee does cool stuff you look so good you look so (laughs) cool for doing that and you didn't have to do anything um but yeah i did the tabletop mentorship program this year with two awesome mentees and just having weekly or bi-weekly monthly chats um through the summer and the fall it's just really great as far as like it made me appreciate my own um skills and put in to context like the things that i know to actually be helpful to a human being um (laughs) is great and uh you know i think like let just crowdfunding advice alone i think your advice is so useful and so hard one as well. I think too that, like you said, it sort of sharpens my blade. Like it makes me consider things that I take for granted in my own process or things that I might like skip over giving too much considerable thought. Um, It kind of wakes me up a little bit and keeps me present in a way that it's appreciated. So it's like a mutually beneficial thing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, ideally it's someone just coming to you with questions or a document to look at. And it's just like, great, I'm I'm so happy to answer anything like that. Um, Yeah, this year I plan to work on and hopefully put out a zine called the Yopst Style Guide, which is a just a desk side little zine for tabletop writers, publishers, and editors. That's just like a distilled set of like, if you're writing a game, here's some things to keep in mind. And here's how I edit games and how I approach it. And so that'll be free on itch when it's up. 
with the kind of thing where you can give me $5 and a request and I can add something to it that you want to know about. Um, but reading style guides have been so helpful for me and I feel like I've had to create my own. I obviously had to create my own, but it became necessary once I was just spending time in the game writing minds more often than not. Yeah, I th- so hope. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying. So hopefully that'll help. Like that's another like community give back thing I really want to do. Like yeah. Nathan's uh, Nathan DiPoletta's RPG Design Zine is so helpful, and this is just like a on the construction and sentence level. Not really talking about game design because there's a lot of that. It's just like what are the mechanics of actually getting a game transmitted to a player. Yeah, I think that's going to be wildly helpful. Yeah. Looking forward we'll to We'll see. That. Yeah. I, I hope it'll be cool, but that's that's one of the just speaking of like community give back stuff that we we are into doing. That's definitely one of them. And obviously maintaining the brain trust. Yeah. Keeping it alive for again our benefit and hopefully yours. I want it to be alive forever because I will be sad if I run out of people to beat in Super Smash Bros. <laughs> We played again for the first time in a while. Don't think I won a single game. So rusty. Never uh, been rusty. I was gonna ask if you just if y'all just keep getting better. Um I think that I have very quick rust buildup, but then it will come off. Like you can buff that stuff out. I've never been good, so at, at this point I just see that Smash is happening and I go, Good good for you all. Good for them. <laughs> yeah, it would be it'd be fun to find another group game for us to play. That would be fun. Yeah. Maybe Mario Kart or some shit. Um but yeah, in twenty twenty three there's some I spent a lot of twenty twenty two working on stuff that didn't come out, including like giant editing projects like Die RPG or my own work. Uh, like obviously our, this discord has ghosts in it is currently shipping from the printer right now and games like big grave and Heckhead, um, which actually played test for the first time last night. And so I have plans for those to come out in 2023. It'd be awesome if they did in crowdfunding or whatever. Um, but it's just nice to get to a place where I've got stuff in the tank and it's like about producing it instead of generating it if that makes sense yeah i think that's it's hard to um do that you know like you get so caught up in wanting to put things out and succumbing to the production schedule and like i know that you have art for some of these too and to sit on that is is actually difficult (laughs) yeah it's it's hard um i have like also done preliminary layouts for them too like getting stuff ready and i try and figure out like what i'm comfortable sharing because we have to be always like talking about our stuff online and a lot of that just comes from like playtest screenshots and stuff like that yeah instead of like big announcements so yeah i finished up a um campaign playtest of big grave fashion fantasy and i am uh going into the revision phase where i'm just like codifying all of the rules that we made and you know all that stuff and we switched over to playing a game of call of cthulhu which is just in a totally different universe and it's a totally different style of game and it's super refreshing um yeah i think playing a game might be on my year goal goal list play a game what what kind of games do you want to play um i honestly i want to play like our adventure game stuff yeah i want to play soul burner i want to play cyber metal like they exist because i want them to exist (laughs) and then i just don't ever really get the opportunity to engage with them after the fact i want to play nova i want to play like I mean, I know that's our curse, right? It's like everyone's going to have all of our friends' games and, and very rarely get to play any of them. Um, 
because so much of our time is spent with games that it's hard to make play, right? Like, it's hard to it just like play a game. This is the kind of thing that you would go to a con so you have that time to go play the stuff. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm going to schedule a game with Spencer on this night. I'm going to schedule a game with Adam on this night. And I, I'm thinking about this because I just filled out what I wanted to GM at the upcoming Breakout Con um, in Toronto, which is really cool. And I was like, oh, I get to run Torque for people, and I'll run these other games. Um, and it just makes me think, like, why aren't I treating one weekend a month like a con where I get to run my games for yeah, people? Yeah, a little mini BT con. Why don't I just do that? Um, and some of it's just like the when it comes down to the weekends, I don't want to work on games at all or even think about games or anything like that. That's the hard part is like, if we play cyber metal, how can I turn off that analytical part of my brain and just play the game? Or you it's, you can definitely, it's hard, but like with time and with a group that's just down to clown, you can just start to become a fan of it, which is cool. Like, yeah. You cross over the, the side from like, I not only do I not want to engage with this on a creator critic level, I can't because I'm just enjoying it and having fun. True. That's the, that's the dream. Well, how about we play cyber metal? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's what I want to do this year. Yeah, absolutely. I know there's a few friends who want to play too you know like i feel like that we can make that happen i think like having non-playtest game time is uh the spice of life yeah that's what keeps it possible yeah <laughs> and i went a long time without having it and now that i have it back it's just I, a balm that game of into the odd that we played not that long ago was i think the only rpg i played last year whoa yeah i mean it can happen right it just like doesn't become a priority and then it's like if it's not for work you know it's not bad that that happened it's just a thing that happens i think like i'm also moving into playtesting things as a series instead of as a single one shot and that has also helped playtesting feel a lot more comfortable and less deadline oriented and stressful that's so, like not even the idea of like a campaign playtest, just that like hey for three weeks uh on one night each week we're going to play this game maybe it's the same story maybe we make new characters whatever but the game's gonna like get tweaked and changed and i'm going to my design life for these three weeks will be just tweaking this game to get a different experience at the table and seeing what happens there. And I learned that with doing that for big grave, it's just like, is so much less stress getting it to the table because last week it was at the table and it was okay. So I can do anything this <laughs> week. Um, and you don't feel like you are playing against the clock or anything like that, or that you, I, I've had this feeling in play tests often where I will see that there's an hour left and I know that there's something that I haven't tested that I was worried about. And I was like, I can't rush it in an hour. Cause I don't know if that will be interesting or fun or make sense. And I don't feel like blocking the flow of play to get that. I think you do a great job of, making sure the experience is still fun for people. And I think that's a novel <laughs> thing because playtesting can be more test than play. That's true. You still have to yeah. make sure that it's fun. Yeah, I uh I found that like those are still important and I do that either with Seb during lunch just as like a quick like let's jump into this mechanic and see if it actually works the way I think it does. Or I paper prototype a bunch of fake players around my desk and then walk through what each turn would be or something like that. Like a real weirdo. Yeah. That's some psycho shit, but I could also see it being (laughs) extremely useful. Like for a game like Torque, um, 
I needed to intuit what people's choices would be each turn, and it was a little bit too much brain processing power that I needed to run through moment by moment what that would be because I couldn't abstract it. And Big Grave 2 is another game where like people are making choices that change from moment to moment and that kind of thing, like engine level tweaking, doing that in a safer situation than live on a play test. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should just write about playtesting in this guide because I got a lot to say. That might be style guide too. Or like you might do yeah. a series on your process in that way. Tips. Just some tips. Um, yeah. And anyway, yeah, putting out games, doing that stuff. That's kind of what I want to do this year. But I feel like last year was kind of an ebb year and I would like to flow this year. I think you, in ebbing, prepared yourself to flow. <laughs> yeah, I'm prepared to flow. <laughs> what um, what kind of non-game stuff do you want to? Do you want to take a break and talk about like what outside yeah. of RPGs? What you want to do this? Sure, let's, yeah, do, let's that. do it. <laughs> Uh, we are back on the Brain Trust podcast. Weekend. It's a freaking weekend. We are being bodied by lunch. Can you hear it? Oh, I I know it's coming out of my voice. It's <laughs> it's thick. Thick with lunch. <laughs> yeah, uh what what do you want to do this year? I want to uh do stuff with my house. Um cool. I am in the middle of moving my office to another room and this week we painted that room so three walls are this like coral pink and the fourth wall is this sort of like goldish brown and uh rules alex says it looks like a uh 90s teenage girls room but like your cool older sister uh which is a good thing i think and once i get some art up it's going to be really cool and unique but i realized this is the first time in my adult life that i've chosen a room's color like in any apartment or my home i've never painted a, a room um that that's true of me in this place too and i it just it's life-changing yeah it's <laughs> it just like so different you you have control this like, is mine it is the most it's mine i'll fix it when i need to yeah so that, that's really cool, that's... and we started planning a couple other rooms and changing things about them and stylizing them, and uh, so yeah, that's a big goal of mine is just to like make it more bespoke and comfy and all the things that come with that. Nice. Um, one thing I wanted to do this year is read more. Adam and I yeah. now are each other's only followers on Goodreads. So <laughs> Very exclusive really club. I don't want to show anyone else what I'm reading. Who cares? I just finished another Warhammer book. I'm too deep. Are you putting those on your Goodreads? Um, For you to I haven't, let you know what I yeah, think. Yeah, I haven't looked yet Um, because no, I, haven't. I finished a book like I a week ago and I haven't read anything since. I have to figure out, like, what's my tone going to be on Goodreads? I think it doesn't matter. I should just be honest with, like, yeah. I'll, I'll actually write my Goodreads reviews like a letter to you <laughs> about what I thought about the book. I think that would be fun. Yeah. Um, that's also, uh, reading is a goal of mine, too, and I just read the first book I've read in years that wasn't for research or uh, a game or something tangential to that. It was just a book I read. That's awesome. Doesn't it just feel so good? <laughs> like, yeah. And it was relatively uh, short, too, so I finished it in, like, two sessions and was like, damn, reading is good. Like, And then I bought a second book, and it's, like, 
500 pages and I'm already like, ooh, okay, I maybe sh- I maybe <laughs> got to pace myself a little bit. <laughs> Butterfly in the sky. <laughs> well, now you can fly twice as high. Um, you know what? When <laughs> you like that reading rainbow joke? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I love quitting books now. I have no if it's not interesting to me, it doesn't they don't even need to give me a reason. I'm like yeah. dirty Harry killing people in the street. Like I don't I barely need a reason to a, do this. A few years back I read a book that was I think it was something called like How to Read for Pleasure or something. Or um it was basically about this, like people read for different reasons. Um and I don't and I think as you make less time for it like reading for pleasure kind of dwindles and you know what i didn't finish that fucking book because i got the point and then i went and read something i liked (laughs) the author would have been proud yeah i love this book is designed to Um, not be finished i i found that like reading books on my phone also like made it so much more i have so many more opportunities to read and uh my hands feel a little weird like holding open a book for a long time. I'm really like sensitive about my hands experiencing any kind of pain. Like as a musician, you know that yeah. like, that's just something you look out for. Um, and there's no way to, for example, flip a page with your whole arm. Like that's not really <laughs> something you do. You need to use your big muscles just wind to wind up. So actually, I get both my thighs and crush the book between them. <laughs> Um. Yeah, just quitting. Like, I wanted to make my way through like a bunch of uh, seminal sci-fi books, and I fully began. I'm I'm pirating the books too. I mean, that's huge. Like, I'm gonna buy a book <laughs> if I really want it in physical, or if I'm like at a store and it seems awesome. But I'm not gonna pay John Scalzi for the book I didn't get five or twenty pages deep into because I couldn't stand it. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that helped me like be like, okay, I am not reading because I think before I might have felt like I have to be reading something interesting because reading is a semi-public activity for me, like reading something on the train or like in a coffee shop or something. And as stupid as that sounds, I have had people come up and be like, what is that book? Like, why are you reading that? That's so interesting. And like always feeling like I needed to read something that was helping me in some way, but f- simply feeling pleasure is helping me. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's a fallacy. I think we've all fallen into as adults in a lot, in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, um, you know, when I do get to something that is really speaking to me, like I'm trying, <laughs> I'm doing this now, like I'm reading the Eisenhorn, um, Warhammer books and I'm trying to read a book in between each of them because I've said this to you. I'm afraid of what might happen if I read two Warhammer <laughs> books in a row. Yeah, you'll be I compromised. Don't I don't know if the Gene Stealer will pop out of the Eye of Terror and the Adeptus Mechanicus Machine God. So you hear, like, I'm able to do that now. <laughs> to even be able to say those words is a lot of things. Yes. Yes. The Ordo Malleus is coming at me for my signet. Um, yeah. Uh, but... I do then find stuff that like is very moving and powerful to me and, and helpful to me as a writer. Um, and even then like being on my phone helps me, uh, highlight stuff and take notes and just do whatever I want with it. Um, which is great, but yeah, reading. Who knew? We we love to read. We make books. (laughs) Now we might try (laughs) reading them. (laughs) Um, with that, I gotta. I want to get a library card. Oh, you you gotta! It feels so good going to the library. It's definitely um, a little bit of a weird process for me because I I realized in order to get a library card, first you get the khakis. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have to get a new driver's license, and to get a driver's license, I think I need like certain ID forms that I don't just have on hand. Do you have to get like a real ID and stuff? Oh, I think that is a new thing, yeah. I think I, I remember was in a predicament with that shit, but anyway. I remember getting a new driver's license right before COVID hit when I still lived in California, which is part of my problem is I need a Michigan one. And they were like, Oh, you're gonna need a real ID 
in two months. And I was like, okay, can I get it? And they're like, no, you didn't do this. And I was like, all right, well, I'll just do this later, I guess. And um, then COVID happened and I didn't have to. But fast forward, now I'm here. I do have to do that. And I think it might be a pain in the ass. It's um, going to be shitty. So, yeah. And that's all in service of just getting a damn free book. <laughs> damn free book from my damn library. <laughs> uh, are you... So they definitely need your driver's license and not just a piece of mail that says Adam Vass. I think I could do that. Um, I think you can you can go in with some mail that has your address and your name. Yeah, and then the, you. The trick is my driver's license says I live in California, so that was the hang-up. Oh, our yeah. I got an Ontario license recently. Is it weird? Uh, yeah. What's, like every yeah. every the cards are all different colors, so you can tell. Like your friggin' health card and your driver's license and your other card, your your Canada Club card that gives you points whenever you're in Canada. <laughs> um, they're all like different tones. So the driver's license is this light blue. Uh, you better believe there is a crazy fucking design on this one. <laughs> all kinds of in-perspective flowers and... Yeah. Um... Ooh. I can't believe they gave it to me. I was afraid that they wouldn't because uh, I, I needed to get a new driver's license because mine would expire and it would involve going back to Maryland and forfeiting the status I have here in Canada. And anyway, it was a fucking nightmare. I got it all good. Um, yeah. But the library, what, how's your local library? It's great. Um, you should run games for people there. That's what uh, Tyler does. They did like a cool zine event a few years ago that I went to, or maybe it was like self-publishing comics or something like that. They do cool stuff. Um, I've also heard that they have, um, for people who haven't been to the library recently, like myself, you can just rent all kinds of shit now. They're just like, you you came for the books, why don't you stay for the rentable, I don't know. I know someone who rents a Wi-Fi hotspot there and then ev- oh, nice. every two weeks returns it and rents re-rents it so they don't pay for Wi-Fi in their house. That's amazing. Um in Toronto you can rent music musical instruments. That's awesome. Yeah. Um get my friggin' harpsichord. I saw <laughs> someone apartment. online post that they could just full on rent a Nintendo Switch. Whoa. Where's that library? Switch been? <laughs> they cleaning that thing. <laughs> You got games on here? Um, what games would the library have on the Nintendo Switch? The Cooking Mama Bitcoin game. Mm, yeah, a lot of <laughs> malware. A lot of those porn games that slide through the Nintendo store <laughs> unperturbed. Yeah, some uh, some entrepreneurial little weasel installed the Cooking Mama game on the Switch. And now anytime <laughs> someone rents it, they're just mining yeah, it's got my um my Pokemon save on there, so I just get free grinding from people on my account. It's really <laughs> great. Um, something that Seb and I have started doing is spending one morning a week at the library just writing, just to have a, a day where you're not at home, but you're working somewhere. And I know that you spend a lot of time at the coffee shop, your second office. Why don't you get a third office over there at that library? I would love that. The Adam Vass Satellite Office. The library <laughs> there. downtown's really beautiful. It's a huge, huge building, like three or four stories. Um, you know what's a shame is when I lived in Boston, I lived down the street from the public library, and I only oh, went one God. time in the four or five years that I lived there. It's so nice. I've heard, and I never fact-checked this, that it's the first public library in America. That's That sounds right. Yeah, see, it sounded right, so I didn't fact check it, and I'm not going to fact check it now. I'm just going to keep I telling check people. It either. So, yeah. pretty cool, pretty uh, pretty fascinating historical monument just down the street from where I live. Less than a mile, walked past it all the time. Um, only went inside once, and that's a regret of mine. But uh, you can you can always go back. I mean, they have a really great like study zone. I've gotten to go to the rare books section of the library cool. too, which is so cool. Um. 
but yeah they they recently redid a bunch of it so it's got a lot of great modern stuff it's just a huge cool library the bpl that's a good spot um i've been going to my like local bookstore this is okay what they what they got there they do have a lot of books um (laughs) (laughs) they have a board game section that's a little bit uh it's not so bad but it's it's not the best they do have like local author kind of shit and i kind of want to reach out to them about getting my books in there i'm gonna write this on my notepad and maybe because one of the to to sort of tie into earlier um one of my goals for the year was to get my books in more stores that are not game stores specifically um i want to be in the oddity shop i want to be in like the witchy tarot like bodega (laughs) i want to be in uh, my local bookstore like i'm i'm a published book author so why wouldn't that make perfect sense um I just think that's cool, and it's it's kind of like when when you or I table at a zine fest, and how that's different than tabling at a game convention, and the ways you get to interact with people and showcase your work is different. And to me, historically, it feels much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Uh, I totally agree. That's a that's a really good goal. I like that. I think they would definitely carry you as a local author, even like, well. I, I'm not sure what their future holds, but thinking of like bric a brac records in Chicago. Oh, like, yeah. As this sort of like weirdo outsider artsy place that's mostly records but has other stuff. Like, that'd be cool. That'd be a cool place to find wares like ours, you know? And every town has your little weirdo stores. Yeah. It's just like a matter that. of finding them. And part of the fun of and this is like getting to go to places like, um, there's an oddity store in Chicago I love called Sideshow Gallery that I just go to every time I'm in town and I always pick up something um, and I just really like it there. And I think they're one of the people I'll reach out to because I know they they have like, you know, Frazetta art books and also tarot <laughs> yeah. decks and also like actual like, you know, witchy kind of ingredient stuff and that putting soul burner in front of those people might be more productive than putting soul burner in front of the people who are going to the games and comic book stores every week. Right. Because they have a really clear idea of what an RPG looks like. Yeah. I think, I think we've learned that our games can be a lot more exciting to people who don't have the baggage and are just like, I would love to have an imaginative experience with my friends. And because we write for those people too. Yeah. Because we know that people that have drank heavily from the, the goblet of games can kind of get down um, with a game that's written for someone new to the genre, not in a way where it's like, here is what dice are and here's what you do. Uh, But just like a way that's warm and welcoming and interesting to somebody, the same way you might pick up a new video game on game pass that might just be out of this world. Yeah. 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 Getting, getting stuff. I want to do more local events and run more games for local Toronto stuff. That would be cool. Um, I'm doing breakout this year, so that'll be like the thing probably for me. Yeah, I was considering going. I've we'll have to talk to you off air because I forgot about that. Yeah, um, I'm gonna be a guest there. They invited me too because they told me that you were doing that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of the stuff it's, it's sort of funny because now that it's laid out in front of us, like a lot of our desires and goals are just wrapped around the desire to be a part of a community. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I let's just get this, uh, just for the record, I would like to make a million dollars this year. I would like to make untold riches. <laughs> um, but I also want all this other stuff that I've said. <laughs> that's a, that's it. It's not too much to yeah. ask. Yeah. Untold, uh, just limitless, uh, capital, I want to get excused from jury duty. I got, I got jury duty. (laughs) 
I could get you an excuse. <laughs> we could figure it out. Uh, my dog actually ate my jury. I know. So. <laughs> I, have a, I have a really bad headache. Just say that. That's <laughs> my tummy hurts. I mean, just admit you're a leftist, and they won't. They won't want you I've on the jury. About that. <laughs> yeah, that's I, all you have to do. I have it in a couple weeks. Um, my dad thinks I should make it into a game of some kind. So maybe I'll stick it out. Maybe I'll make my my law abiding game. I don't know what. All right, John Grisham. Good luck <laughs> on that one. Twelve Angry Men ARG. <laughs> Here's a game to play while you're on jury duty. <laughs> yeah, very high stakes. Uh, yes, um, you could. That actually could be. Um, what's it called? Uh, spurious. No. It's like you're trying to undermine the institutions of the U.S. government. It's this accusation. Do you know what I'm talking about? J'accuse? J'accuse? No, it's like uh, what the January 6th dudes were uh, <laughs> were tried with. It is like insurrection. Treason? It is another word. Um, uh, let me look it up here. Kill Fart knocking. Time. Fart knocking. It's fud rocking. That's what it's called. Wordhippo.com. Another word. This is how we write role playing games, everybody. This is how we do it. Uh, sedition. Oh, uh, yeah. No, that's. Yeah. Sedition. You will be tried for seditious activity. You should just call the game Sedition. Yeah. Which the SEO has never game. been better. <laughs> Adam Fast Sedition. <laughs> Top results. <laughs> D and D fifth edition. January, interesting. Hey, Will. Hey, Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition. Oh, <laughs> that's the name of the episode. <laughs> Sometimes you think it's about vape carts, but it's actually fifth edition. Um, well, thank you for listening to another episode of the Brain Trust Podcast, where we revealed ourselves to be uh, seditious uh, plotters <laughs> who <laughs> want to make a billion dollars. Um, I've been, uh, or actually you go first. I'm, I've been Adam and I'm on Twitter at WC Game Co. All my games are at worldchamp.io, including Soul Burner, which is now released and Omega Mall 52, which has also been shipped this week to all the pre-orders and backers. Um, got, got another one in the queue on, I I got it. I shouldn't have, but I done it. So, um, Join my Patreon tried to, at World Champ Game Co. Tried to talk Adam out of it, but it's a I yearly tradition to be a part of the record collection jam. <laughs> so I couldn't resist. It's it's not work. It's tradition. To, to family, <laughs> in a tradition. So catch me on Patreon to get that one. Uh, and that's it. Where are you at? I'm Willie Upst. You can find me online at will.com. Uh, it seems like Twitter's back to just a holding phase, and it's one of the worst places on the world. And I'm there. Um, you can also find me uh, making games over in the Brain Trust Discord and on my card. Uh, I at card or will cart yopst dot cart dot co vape cart. Um, I've got editing slots open for 2023. I'm very picky this year, so if you're listening to this we're cool and I would like to edit your game hit me up uh, my DMs are open and you can find my email my contact form but otherwise thanks for listening brain emoji handshake emoji <laughs>